Welcome again to another session of Explore the Bible series. Actually, this week we're in the book of Matthew, chapter 2, taking a break from Ezekiel and looking at Matthew 2 as we prepare for this Christmas week for the lesson for December the 26th. Today's lesson will focus on the fact that God provides salvation to those seeking Him. So we're in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. The key verse is Matthew 2, 2, which says, And ask, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So as we study Matthew 12, uh, note the difference between reactions to Jesus' birth. Different people reacted different ways. And we'll reflect on the reactions and what they reveal about Jesus' identity. Focus on helping you also recognize that from Jesus' birth, he identified with all kinds of people, and he came to redeem every one of them, to redeem all people. So people uh, have experienced uh, many needs as we arrive. Uh, well, no, let me start over. I want to explain that during the holidays, people have many needs and experiences. Um, you know, maybe we need information about a gift that we've received or maybe information about a gift that we want to give. Maybe even needing information on how to assemble. I've discovered YouTube has some excellent descriptions on how to assemble, repair, etc. So we turn to the Internet. Uh, occasionally the information needed is immediately received. Sometimes it's not all that helpful. A search for information can take us on a journey, uh, clicking to different boxes. And sometimes we get detoured, finding uh, new bits of information that um, is not germane to what we're looking for, but it's interesting nonetheless. Sometimes we have to go back to the beginning and ask, what was the motivating factor for delving into this search? And uh, we'll see um, a group of men out on a search today as we look at Matthew chapter 2. So what causes people to search for Jesus? And to what lengths do people go to find him? Uh, go back and look at C.S. Lewis and his search for truth and knowledge. Um, to, it's an amazing story of how he found Jesus when, in fact, he was not actually uh, sure what he was looking for. Um, and so Josh McDowell, who worked for Campus Crusade, also uh, was searching to really prove that Christianity was a hoax, only to find that Jesus Christ was his Lord and Savior. So we're taking a break from Ezekiel to focus on Jesus' birth. And we're going to look at the lesson regarding the wise men who traveled from the east following a star 
and it adds significant truth to uh, the Messiah's story. So we look at the context of uh, really chapters 1 and 2, all the way to verse 12 of Matthew. Matthew began his gospel by tracing Jesus' ancestry, verses 1 through 17 of chapter 1. He immediately introduced uh, the three important truths about Jesus. First, Jesus descended from Abraham, which God called from Ur and Mesopotamia and led to Canaan. Second, Jesus' ancestry included David, one of the of Israel's greatest kings. And finally, Jesus was the Messiah, the anointed one of God, the one to bring salvation to the world. So Matthew had a twofold purpose in presenting Jesus' ancestry as he did. First, Matthew demonstrated that Jesus hailed from a prestigious bloodline that included many kings, King of David for one. Second, Matthew showed how Jesus came to redeem all kinds of people, regardless of their backgrounds. He did so uh, mentoring or mentioning women whose lives impacted Israel's history. Women like uh, Rahab, who was a prostitute, and Ruth, who was a Moabite by birth, and Bathsheba, who was not specifically named, but became David's wife after David committed adultery with her and had her husband Uriah killed. Jesus came from a royal bloodline, yet identified with people at every level and came to redeem all of them. Matthew's gospel describes Jesus's birth and the wise men's subsequent visit. And Mary and Joseph were engaged, but she was found to be pregnant before the couple married. When Joseph began to take steps to dissolve the relationship, the Lord intervened. He assured Joseph that Mary had conceived by the Holy Spirit's power and instructed her, instructed him to name the child Jesus. It was a Greek form of the Hebrew Joshua, which means the Lord saves. And so the angel's words fulfilled the prophet Isaiah's words from over 700 years earlier, Joseph followed the angel's instructions and took Mary as his wife. A group of wise men arrived in Jerusalem seeking to worship the newborn king. Uh, king Herod inquired of the chief priests and scribes where the Messiah would be born, and they told him the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. As Micah, the prophet, had prophesied in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, also in chapter 2, verses 3 to 6, Herod feigned an interest in worshiping the newborn king and instructed the wise men to bring him news when they found him. A star led the men to Bethlehem, which we'll look at, at later, uh, where they found Mary, Joseph, and the infant Jesus. God then warned the wise men in a dream not to go to Herod, and they returned to their country by another route. So 
at the beginning of each section, I'm going to give you kind of a summary statement that explains that section of Scripture. So as we look at the first section here in Matthew 2, we see that some people are seeking God, God and his salvation, while some are not. So we look at Matthew 2, verses 1, 2, and 3. Um, identify those in the verses who are seeking God and those who are not. Verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who is born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So looking at the ESV study Bible notes, it says on verse 1, uh, Jesus' birth in Bethlehem of Judea was about six miles south of Jerusalem. It makes him uh, being from a tribe of Judah and from the city that produced the Davidic kings. Herod the king, also commonly known as Herod the first or Herod the Great ruled Israel and Judah from 37 to 4 BC. He was an uh, Adulman, appointed king of the Jews under the authority of Rome. He ruled firmly and at times ruthlessly murdering his wife, several sons, and other relatives. He was not very nice to his family. He was a master builder who restored the temple in Jerusalem and built many theaters and cities and palaces and fortresses. Herod's building programs included his palace at Jericho, uh, the fortresses at Herodium and other cities, uh, the the harbor and city of Caesarea, was also built by him, and especially the Jerusalem temple uh, should be mentioned. He also financed structures, including the pagan temples throughout the Roman Empire, uh, structures at Antioch and Nicopolis and Athens. Herod uh, was ravaged by disease, died in his palace at Jericho, and was buried at Herodium according to Josephus. Excavations at Herodium since the 1960s have revealed the circular palace fortress built atop its mountain, as well as the uh, monumental buildings and large um, pool and the large pool below that was found in 2007. Excavator announced the discovery of Herod's mausoleum, and uh, other structures. In earlier times, wise men, uh, the Greek would be magi, magoi, uh, which was plural for magos, uh, referred to priests or experts in mysteries in Persia and Babylon. 
uh, but by this time applied to a wide range of people whose practices included astrology or dream interpretation, study of sacred writings, the pursuit of uh, wisdom and magic. So magi could infer any of those different things. And in verse two, it says, we saw his star when it rose. Wise men would likely have been familiar with Old Testament prophecy uh, through the interpretation with Jews in Babylon. And they may have remembered uh, Balaam's prophecy, which says in Nahum 24, 17, a star shall come out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. This was uh, understood by Jews to point to a messianic deliverer. The movement of the star suggests that this is not a natural phenomenon. That it was not a, a comet or supernova or conjunction of planets, but it was a supernatural, perhaps a guiding angel that appeared as a star or perhaps some uh, specifically created heavenly phenomenon that had the brightness of a star that had come to worship him. The wise men likely traveled with a large number of attendants and guards for the long journey, which would have taken uh, several weeks. For example, if they came from Babylon uh, by the main trade route, uh, it'd be about 800 miles, uh, averaging 20 miles a day. Uh, the trip would have taken about 40 days based on that average. Verse 3 says, he was troubled and all Jerusalem. Herod was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. The arrival of this king of the Jews represents a threat to Herod uh, and his great throne and to Israel's corrupt religious and political leadership uh, in Jerusalem. So as we look at the next section, let me give you the summary statement for the next section of Scripture. Some people misunderstood the truth of the gospel, while others wanted to silence it. So as I read Matthew 2, verses 4 through 8, um, identify two different types of kings that are mentioned here. Verse 4. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judah, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judea are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact, the, the time the, the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And soon, as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go 
to worship him. These wise men said they were seeking the king of the Jews. Herod, the, the chief, uh, Herod told the chief priest and scribe that he was looking for the Messiah. What was the difference in the motivation of Herod and the wise men uh, to find Jesus? One was going to remove him uh, to take his life. The other was going to worship him and praise him. So looking at the Bible knowledge commentary on these verses, verses three to eight, it's no surprise that King Herod was disturbed when the Magi came to Jerusalem uh, looking for the one who had been, quote, born king. Herod was not rightfully king from the line of David. In fact, he was not even a descendant of Jacob, but was descended from Esau, and therefore he was an Edomite. Uh, he reigned over Palestine from 37 B.C. to 4 B.C. This fact caused most of the Jews to hate him. He wasn't really one of them, but he was a ruler. Uh, and they hated him and never truly accepted him as a king, even though he didn't much uh, for the country. If someone had been rightfully born king, then Herod's job was in jeopardy. So if Jesus, this new Messiah, was really the king, born the king, then his rule was in jeopardy. He therefore called the Jewish scholars together and inquired where the Christ was to be born. Uh, interestingly, Herod connected the one born king of the Jews with Christ the Messiah. Obviously, Israel had a messianic hope and believed that the Messiah would be born. The answer to Herod's question was simple, because Micah the prophet had given the precise location uh, centuries before, and was and Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, according to Micah 5, 2. This answer from the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, the scribes mentions, is mentioned in King James Version, was apparently carried back to the Magi by Herod himself. And Herod asked them when they first, when they'd first seen the star, uh, this being the critical later in the account, it showed that Herod was already contemplating a plan to get rid of this young king. He also instructed the Magi to return and tell him the location of this king so that he might come and worship him. This was not, however, what he had in mind. He never intended to come and worship this newborn king. So let me point out the, the immediate response of the chief priest and scholars. They pointed to, to Micah. Uh, the scripture not only gave the location but the uh, Jesus' birthplace, but also spoke to his identity. So as we look at this last section, let me give you a summary statement about the last section of scripture. Jesus can be found by people wanting to do one thing, 
to worship him. He can be found when we come to worship him. So looking at Matthew 2, verses 9 through 12, identify the response of the wise men upon locating Jesus. Verse 9, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So the wise men had expressed amazing joy as they encountered Jesus. They had traveled many, many miles, and the the fruit of their travel was experienced here when they found Jesus, and they were not disappointed. Again, looking at the Bible Knowledge Commentary on verses 9, to 12, it says the journey of the Magi from Jerusalem produced a further miracle. The star they had seen in the east now reappeared and led them to a specific house in Bethlehem where they found the Christ child. Bethlehem is about five miles south of Jerusalem. So they're in Jerusalem and they go, they follow the star towards the south. And remember, I said earlier, Stars move from east to west. Uh, stars, planets naturally travel from east to west across the heavens, not from north to south. Uh, could it be that the star which the Magi saw and which led them to a specific house was the Shekinah glory of God? That same glory had led the children of Israel through the wilderness for 40 years as a pillar of fire and a cloud. Perhaps this was what they saw in the east. And for want of a better term, they called it a star. All their efforts, uh, all the other efforts of experts uh, to explain the star are inadequate such as the conjunction of Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars, or maybe it was a supernova or a comet. Nevertheless, they were led to the Christ. And going in, it says, going in where he was, they worshipped him. Their worship was heightened by the giving of gifts. They gave gold and incense and myrrh. These were gifts worthy of a king. And this act by Gentile leaders, pictures the wealth of nations which would someday be completely given to the Messiah. Some believe the gifts had further significance by reflecting on the character of this child's life. Gold might represent his deity and purity. Incense, the fragrance of his life, 
and myrrh, his sacrifice and death. Myrrh was used as an embalming substance. And so the myrrh would have represented the sacrifice of his life for the sins of the people. These gifts were obviously the means by which Joseph probably took his family to Egypt as they fled from uh, Herod. And it's, it's what sustained them until Herod died and they were able to return to their home. Wise men were warned by God not to return and report to Herod. So they returned to their homes by another route. Throughout the Old Testament, God offered signs of the coming Messiah. The giving of gifts by wise men fulfills words found uh, in the book of Psalms, which reads Psalm 71, verses 10 and 11. May the kings of Tarshish and of distant shores bring tribute to him. May the kings of Sheba and Seba present him gifts. May all kings bow down to him and all nations serve him. Then we see in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 6, herds of camels will cover your land, young camels of Midian and Ephrah, and all from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Those passages emphasize the detail of God's plan of providing the Savior for all people and all guidance to God's followers in acts of giving and parts as parts of worship. So as we consider these verses, let's approach some ways to apply them. Some are seeking God and his salvation, while others are not. That's still true today as it was then. Herod was not seeking God or his salvation or to worship him. And that's true today as well. Some misunderstand the truth of the gospel, while others want to silence it. And finally, Jesus can be found by those wanting to worship him. So this Christmas season, consider the ways you celebrate Christmas. What could you adjust to make your Christmas celebrations more worshipful of Jesus? As we conclude our lesson, thank God for providing salvation through Jesus and allowing believers to participate in sharing the good news to those who seek him. Pray with me. Holy Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, the amazing gift of your son. And just as these wise men sought him to worship him, we seek him. And I pray in the days ahead, we will focus our life and our heart's attention on Jesus. We will look for every opportunity to worship him through music and through the reading of scripture, through the worship together. We thank you for this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, 
Amen.